the Apple event is here. And boy, do I have a few thoughts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the pod. In today's episode, I want to go ahead and talk about some of the things that were released at the recent Apple event. And by recent, I mean just a couple of days. And the reason why I wanted to wait until today to record this podcast episode is because I wanted to give the pundits online enough time to go ahead and get their sore messages and videos out there. And what I mean by that, and I'm probably guilty of it as well, after months and months of rumors that were circulating about the iPhone 13 and the Watch 7, the plausible, and I'm using air quotes right now, the plausible MacBook Pros with the new M1X chip. I mean, it was just flat out nothing like any of those rumors with the exception of the iPhone 13. But more on that on a minute. I wanted to go ahead and go line by line regarding what was released give you my honest opinions as to whether or not you should invest your money this year into getting a new iPhone or not. So let's just go ahead and do a quick recap of everything that happened a couple of days ago at the Apple events. Let's start with the iPod 9. So Apple kicked things off with the introduction of a new entry-level iPad, marking it as the ninth generation update or refresh for the iPad 9. The new iPad is powered by Apple's A13 Bionic chip, which the company says provides a 20% boost in performance. With this update, the entry-level iPad is now six times faster than the best-selling Android tablets and three times faster than the best-selling Chromebook. Now, to be honest with you, all these numbers that Apple love to throw out there, statistically speaking, I wouldn't be able to validate or deny whether or not this is true. Perhaps they have access to these devices and they have tested out on their end and that's how they come up with these results. But I have yet to see any of these like tangible data online for me to confirm such results. Now, in terms of design, the new iPad is largely the same as its predecessor with a 10.2-inch design. One notable change, however, is that True Tone Displays technology is now available on the entry-level iPad, which I think it's phenomenal. It's a great feature to have, especially if you use this iPad for reading and browsing the web, especially at nighttime before you go to bed. This feature adjusts the screen content to the color temperature of a room. The iPad 9 also has 
added a new ultra wide front facing camera. And this is for the new feature that was introduced this year on the iPad Pro called Center Stage, which I think it's really cool for all those Zoom as well as FaceTime phone calls and video calls and meetings, which is a phenomenal feature to have, which this feature specifically automatically pans the camera to keep users in view as they move around, meaning it is really, really cool. And if you can't, I will encourage you to watch the video online because it's a, a really, really cool feature. Apple have also doubled the base storage configuration from 32 gigabyte to 64 gigabyte for the same 329 starting price for this iPad 9 generation. Now, this iPad 9 is currently available for order the same day of the Apple event a couple of days ago, and the first shipment begin arriving next Friday, September the 24th. Now, let's move to the iPad mini. This to me is a huge upgrade and a much welcome hardware refresh for the iPad family. These have gotten a complete and drastic redesign. The new iPad mini features a 8.3 inch display with slim vessels around the sides. The home button has been removed in favor of a new Touch ID equipped power button. This particular feature of the Touch ID equipped power button is so, so freaking cool. The fact that you don't have to be worrying about pressing on the screen to use your fingerprint is phenomenal. The fact that you can just put your finger or rest your finger on top of the power button and have your iPad unlock with the new Touch ID feature is incredible. On the bottom, you'll find USB-C connectivity. Thank you, <laughs> Apple, for finally coming up to the 21st century. To this day, I'm still perplexed that Apple has yet to upgrade all their devices to using USB-C, just like everyone else, just like most of their devices are currently, and yet, one of the most selling and one of their biggest money maker product has yet to see USB-C as part of the rollout. Now, in terms of other connectivities, this new iPad mini is going to have 5G, the latest chips, but also it will support the second generation Apple Pencil, which is great. The iPad mini is powered by Apple's newest A15 Bionic chip or processor. Apple says that the six core CPU delivers a 40% jump in performance and the five core GPU delivers an 80% jump in graphics performance compared to the previous generations of iPad mini. That is really, really cool. It also comes with stereo speakers. It comes with smart folio covers uh, as accessories and 40% again, faster CPU, 80% faster GPU or video, among other things. Wi-Fi 6, again, a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera with center stage and all day battery life. That is really, really neat. The new iPad mini is available to order today with prices starting at $499 for a 64 gigabyte storage. And you can upgrade to 256 gigabyte and cellular connectivity for a higher price. The first order will arrive next Friday, September the 24th. Now, let's go and move to 
one of the devices I was looking forward most. And actually, my previous podcast, episode eight, that I just released a few days ago prior to this event, I was talking about how excited I was about the Watch Series 7. And the reason why it is was because of the rumors. The rumors were suggesting that Apple was going to release a brand new design, that it was going to come out with a brand new design similar to the boxy design of the iPhone 12 and the iPad Pro, and now the newly released iPad mini. Boy, were those rumors all wrong. Technically, Watch Series 7 is just the same exact Watch 6 with faster performance and a new screen. That's pretty much is in a few new features. So unlike rumors have predicted, the Apple Watch Series 7 features a similar design. I wouldn't call it not even similar. I would say it is identical design to its predecessor with rounder edges rather than flat edges as rumors. The Series 7 is compatible with all previous Apple Watch bands. Again, same exact designed. The Apple Watch Series 7 is, however, available in a new 41 millimeter and 45 millimeter size. This is the most notable changes on this new Watch Series 7, just the size. So what they did is they push the bezels on the watch a bit further to the edges and make the screen a bit bigger. And thus, that's where we're getting the new sizes, 41 millimeter from 40 and the 45 millimeters from 44 that we used to have before. This means you get the larger displays on both models with Apple saying the bezels are 40% smaller, leading to a 20% increase in screen size. That's about it, guys. <laughs> All the notable improvements include a 33% faster speed for charging. Honestly, this is, I wouldn't call this like a major feature for anybody to make a rational decision to upgrade and get this one. Keep in mind that I'm still using the Watch Series 4 to this day because I have yet to see any significant uh, changes and upgrade for me to jump the latest Apple Watches. I still have ECG on my Watch Series 4. And for instance, the blood oxygen reader isn't enough to make me upgrade to these Watch 7. Perhaps the Watch Series 8 is gonna be something new. I'm, I'm more looking into getting a completely new iteration, a fresh hardware refresh. I'm not interested in the same exact design. I don't see the benefit of that. But if you are in the market and you're ready to uh, retire your previous watches, whether if it's a five or four or three, then you're welcome to go ahead and jump into this wagon. The other thing that they did on this one again, that is a step in the right direction is that the new charging cable, it's now based on USB-C as well, which again, I still cannot understand why Apple continued to do this to this day in 2021, they don't have everything in USB-C. Anyways, let's continue with the Watch Series 7. Finally, in terms of finishes, 
The Apple Watch Series 7 is available in five different aluminum colors, green, blue, red, starlight, and silver. Stainless steel and titanium colors are unchanged from the Series 6. Silver, graphite, gold, natural, and space black are the same. Sadly, there is no official release date for the new Apple Watch just yet. The Watch Series 7 will be available later this fall, according to Apple, which means uh, it could be available sometime maybe in October or perhaps even December. Uh, at this point, no one knows, but that's Watch Series 7. Now, let's talk about what most of you and I were really interested in, which was and is the iPhone 13, right? the successor of the iPhone 12. Here's the thing. I was very, very much looking forward to this, to the iPhone 13. And not only was I excited about this, I was perplexed at this point after the keynote presentation a few days ago from Apple. And here's why. I'm going to summarize everything with this very simple thing. Apple did not innovate on this iPhone lineup, to be honest with you. The one thing that they did was just to take some of the hardware from the iPhone 12 and bring it into the iPhone 13 mini, for instance, and the iPhone 13, not the pro line, but just the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 mini. Honestly, that's, that's the one thing that they did and in terms of hardware. The one thing they did was just a new chip, right? a new CPU, an A15 Bionic chip. Everything else is identical. There isn't much difference. And then the other thing that they're claiming that they did was to have longer battery life by a few more hours. The front-faced uh, module that we use for FaceTime and to unlock our phone is now reduced by 20% or something like that which to me, it is not a significant hardware refresh to motivate me, for instance, to retire my iPhone 12 Pro Max and jump into the wagon. So the iPhone 13 mini, the Pro and the Pro Max, in terms of design, things are quite similar, not so much quite similar. I would say they're identical to the iPhone 12, but the notch, again, the notch is around 20% smaller in the width, the size of it. The iPhone 13 mini and iPhone 13 feature improved Super Retina XDR OLED displays with a 28% increase in max outdoor brightness at a higher peak brightness for HDR content, such as photos and videos. Apple also says that the iPhone 13 and iPhone mini includes a massive leap in camera design with a new white camera that gathers 47% more light for less noise and brighter images. Apple has also added sensor shift optical image stabilization to the iPhone 13 and iPhone 13 mini and a feature that was previously exclusive to the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Again, as I alluded earlier, They just took one of those camera and they just integrated into the iPhone 13 mini and the iPhone 13. Sadly, I don't see any major hardware upgrade. Apple says that this stabilized the sensor instead of the lens. So shots are more steady, 
while the custom-designed ultra-wide camera with a new sensor captures images with more detail in the dark areas of photos and videos with less noise. The iPhone 13 also introduced a new cinematic mode feature, which record videos of people's pets and objects with their depth effects and automatic focus changes. This is similar to the portrait mode that we had had in the pictures as a feature on our phones. Apple says that users can change the focus during and after capture and adjust the level of bokeh in the Photos app in iMovie. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm 100% sure that the overwhelming majority of people that would have or purchase one of these phones are not going to be concerned about this new feature at all. Nobody, unless you are a content creator, meaning you are into movie making, you are somebody that actually understand what uh, this type of feature looks. And so the overwhelming majority of people are not even going to look at this. Most people that use iPhones specifically, the only thing they're going to be doing is just taking pictures and recording regular videos. Most people are not going to be, oh, hold on, let me just go ahead and set focus on these. And then I just focus on the next object here. Oh, my kid or oh, my dog is doing this. Let me let me focus on the dog. Oh, let me tap over here now to focus on the dog toy or, or something like that. I mean, this feature is specifically designed for a very minute segment of iPhone users. And for that, again, I don't see the reason for me to recommend or me personally to upgrade to the iPhone 13. Now, let's go ahead and talk a little more about the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max. Those are the phones that I'm using on a regular basis and most people are probably gonna go for. Again, the iPhone 13 and the 13 mini are both powered by an Apple new, by Apple's newest a15 bionic processor but more details on performance improvement compared to the iphone 12 are unclear as of now exactly they didn't provide that much information until these iphones are received and some of these influencers and youtubers start to getting those loaners phone for them to make the videos we won't know exactly you know what is truly happening with these new versions of iPhones. They are alleging that efficiency improvements, however, have led to improved battery life. This is talking about the iPhone 13 and the 13 mini with the iPhone 13 offering up to two and a half more hours than iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 mini up to an hour and a half more than the iPhone 12 mini. Pricing for the iPhone 13 and iPhone 13 mini is the same as the previous iPhone 12, but the base configuration storage has been doubled. The iPhone 13 mini starts at 699 for a 128 gigabyte storage, while the iPhone 13 starts at 799. Both devices will be available to for pre-order this coming Friday in red, starlight, midnight, pink, and a new kind of like light blue. The first orders will arrive again on Friday, September the 24th. Now let's talk about, like I said, about the pro versions of the iPhone 13. Mm. Let me get a quick sip of my coffee here. Finally, Apple introduced the new iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max. 
is two flagship phones. <clears throat> excuse me for the year. Similarly, there are a few changes to the design with these devices, but you do get a slightly smaller notch. Again, same as the 13 and the mini and much larger camera bumps on the back. I think this is a little bit misleading and we should clarify that this slightly significantly changes that they're alluding to between the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 13, to be honest with you, are not really that big. The camera lenses are just a bit wider and that's about it. Everything else is identical. There isn't that much change whatsoever. The iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max are powered again by the A15 Bionic processor and offer many of the camera features as the known Pro models, the Mini and the 13, including cinematic mode for video, photography styles, and more. Again, these are just software, small software's improvement. I don't see these as a big, big improvement in my opinion. And Apple should have done much, much better than this, especially in 2021 where we are, where the competitions are innovating a lot faster than Apple is doing. And to be honest with you, I hate doing this because I absolutely love my Apple ecosystem. I'm a big fan. I'm a big investor in Apple. Apple is a great company, but the lack of innovation that I keep seeing from Apple just drives me nuts. And, and it shouldn't be that way because they have the capability to be leaning in this, in this particular space when it comes to mobile technology. Now, the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max do have their share of exclusive features. Again, this is what's different between the, the lower end iPhone, the 13 and the mini, between that and the Pro line of iPhone. Both models feature an ultra wide camera with a 92% boost in low light performance. It is a F1.8 aperture out of focus and six element lenses. The wide camera packs a 1.5 aperture and up to 2.2 X improvement in zoom and low light capability. Finally, the telephoto camera includes a new three time optical zoom sensor for the very first time. That's about it. Now I understand that most people that have these phone and in today's DNA, having camera, I will say it is the primary use of all these devices, regardless of the brand. And so having a good camera is important. I'm not denying that and improving in this particular space is great, but that's about it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm confident that based on their keynote presentation and what I have seen so far, there isn't that big of a difference between this new iPhone 13 Pro Max and the predecessor, the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Now, we will know more again once these units start to arrive through all those um, YouTubers as well as uh, co tech companies making reviews. Now, here's a few other camera air quote features <laughs> that were included in these new iPhone 13 Pro line. Macro photography. Now we can capture sharp, stunning images where objects appear larger than life. 
magnifying subjects with a minimum focus distance of two centimeters. Now, this is plausible because of the LiDAR sensors on these iPhones. Uh, we also got Smart HDR4, ProRes video recording. Now, very important, and I'm going to highlight this, ProRes video recording is a professional level encoder for creating videos. And the quality of this is incredible in full frame camera. And the amount of storage that it will be required for someone using ProRes is astronomical. So this is a welcome, you know, software feature, obviously, but at the same time, how many people are going to be going for that for the simple reason that now you're going to have, for instance, raw video content when all you're going to be doing is just posting a quick few seconds, if, if not minutes on Instagram, TikTok, as well as maybe a few videos on YouTube. Again, I know I'm sounding a bit negative here about what Apple has done. I'm a bit frustrated with the lack of innovation. And though these are great features, these are just software features. These are not hardware refresh that can make this phone to be, you know, the next big thing. And instead it feels like this is just, this phone should have been the iPhone's 12 S to be honest with you, instead of a whole new line of iPhones 13 or what have you. But anyways, I am, as you can see it a bit frustrated with that. Other feature that was introduced software wise is night mode for all three cameras. So, According to this, they're alleging that the three cameras on the Pro and Pro Max have been improved significantly, and you're going to be able to get better pictures and low life capability, meaning nighttime and so forth. In terms of battery life, the iPhone 13 Pro will last up to one and a half hours longer than the previous 12 Pro. The iPhone Pro Max, the 13 Pro Max, will last up to two and a half hours longer per charge than the predecessor 12 Pro Max. Finally, and perhaps most notably, both the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max include new ProMotion displays for the first time. Now, this is really interesting because ProMotion, for those of you that don't understand what that is, is, is a technology that was introduced in the newer iPod Pros. It is a great feature to have. Again, I don't understand why Apple waited this long to incorporate this. Perhaps it was because it requires more power and the iPhone 12 didn't have enough power to handle it, which I doubt, to be honest with you. But these new ProMotion feature on the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max is, again, for the screen, that it displays supports an adaptive refresh rate from 10 hertz all the way to 120 hertz. Now, this feature has been in the industry for a very, very long time. The competitive competitors from Apple have had it for years now. So this is nothing new. It's just that Apple have named their, their new technology as ProMotion. But again, the competition, Samsung, 
Google, all the other major phone manufacturers have had 128 refresh rate for a very long time. Apple is playing catch up here. The iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max are priced the same as their previous iterations, the iPhone 12, starting off $1,000 for the Pro and $1,099 or $1,100 respectively. Notably, there is also a new one terabyte storage configuration for the first time. I alluded to this in my previous episode eight, where I was suggesting or stating that Apple was going to be dropping 64 gigabyte storage for most of their, no, that they were going to start with 64 gigabyte on some devices and other that were going to drop it all together and just start offering 128 gigabyte as the standard or the based model and that a one terabyte storage configuration will be offered to the pro models of the iPhone 13. And so these confirm that rumors and what was uh, I was alluding to on the previous episode. Um, now, this will be available for pre-order on Friday again in graphite color, gold, silver, and Sierra blue. Sierra blue is a new light blue, which in my opinion, uh, it looks really weird. I, I do not like that Sierra blue at all. Um, the first order for these iPhones again will arrive on September the 24th. So look for that. I honestly do believe that this new refresh on these iPhones as well as the watch series seven isn't that significant and for the very first time in a long long time i'm going to be skipping this year iphone and again the number one reason is because i don't see the significant changes between the 12 and the 13. now that's just my opinion and you're welcome to obviously upgrade to this but if i was to recommend an iPhone to date, in this particular case, one of the new iPhone 13, the best iPhone for the money will be the mini, the iPhone mini. If you're looking to go back to that regular size iPhone that fits in your hand really well and packed an incredible amount of power, for instance, it will be the iPhone 13 mini. That will be the one that I will probably recommend for someone that has an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 10 or an iPhone XR, for instance. If you're coming from any of those phones, then yes, by all means, go ahead and get the iPhone 13, either the standard one at 6.1 inch or the mini. The pro one, I, I cannot justify recommending someone to spend that much money for just a basic software and a few hardware tweaks that they did on this. This is not a major upgrade at all, and I'm definitely skipping it. And I'm hoping that iPhone 14 will be much more significant hardware refresh than the iPhone 13. To wrap things up, in addition to this new hardware that they went ahead and introduced, Apple also announced that it will release its next round of software updates, including the iOS 15, watchOS 8, and iPadOS 15 on Monday, September 20th. So look for those updates. Go ahead and update right away. They are amazing. I have been using them for months on the developer versions, and it is great. They work phenomenal. 
The company also announced new features for the Apple Fitness Plus and teased of all their upcoming TV shows and movies launching on Apple TV Plus this year. What I did not see on this event was all the, all the rumors about the AirPods 3, which did not happen, or the new Macs. In, in this particular case, what I was most looking forward to, the new MacBooks Pros with the new M1X chips, which means that Apple still has perhaps a few other things to announce this year. And that likely will happen either next month or the following in November. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I didn't sound very enthusiastic about the latest Apple hardware releases, but I'm trying to be as clear and as transparent as I can. Now, before I go, I want to give a shout out to the folks at Lo-Fi Geeks for providing again the very chill vibe music in the background for us. So find them again on Instagram as well as YouTube and Give him a thumbs up. Okay, that's it for this one, guys. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. And I guess I will see you on the next one. Chill.